Hey, this is really exciting. So much to find out about, so much to look forward to. I'm quite dizzy with anticipation. Or is it the wind? Wow, what's this thing suddenly coming towards me very fast? So big and flat and wide, it is a big, wide-sounding word. Like, ow, 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 round, round, ground! That's it! I wonder if it'll be friends with it. Hello and welcome Fling fans, welcome to another episode of Two Drunk Flings and Friends. This is one of the extra episodes where we get in-depth, close and personal with one of the new members of the team. This week we've got Mark Perry on the phone. Can I just check first off, because there has been a little bit of contention over this, it's Mark Perry isn't it, is that correct? Yes sir. Yes sir. Just like I guess you would do the American singer Katy Perry, but she spells it wrong in my opinion. Well, I remember in the first couple of episodes, we were debating it, and there was a whole, was it was it Pierre, was it Pierre, was it kind of like a French pronunciation? But then you cleared up on the Read the Rules Alling submission that you did, that it is Perry, P-E-R-R-E, Perry. Yes, sir. Got to get to the bottom of that one. The problem is Liam gets it into his head that things are pronounced a certain way, because we've got a guy over here called Andy Davo, D-A-V-O, and Liam always pronounces it Davo. Anyway, I've got it confirmed from Andy that it's Davo, so anyway... How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well. You know, I just got done doing my my best imitation of a vegan gardener. Just had to throw in vegan in there just for Liam. Because, you know, (laughs) he doesn't go a day without letting everybody know that he is vegan. Excuse me, vegan coming through. Yes, he's not too bad, actually. He doesn't doesn't throw it in there too much. But I believe he's vegan for a number of reasons. Not all of them are to do with, like, the traditional vegan reasons, so... But he's a halfling fan. How can he say bacon is not a good thing for a halfling? Oh, bacon. I don't know. They've even done the apothecary in the fling set is one of them riding a pig. So, you know, he's obviously not got issues with the animals because he's riding a pig. Exactly. Anyway, I'll do the official housekeeping bit that I always forget to do. So what is your NAF name? Are you on NAF, Mark? Yes, I am. It's Alien. A-L-1-3-N. I put the numbers in there because I'm an old school PC gamer and uh, I used to play Counter-Strike a lot. And the 13, you know, unlucky number, I just put it as my I and the E in the name. Where is it you're based? I, I just want to double check. Las Vegas, Nevada. Vegas, baby! Vegas! A.K.A. Sin City. I run the Sin City Bowl here annually and Las Vegas Open amongst a whole bunch of other just random events that we run during the year. So, first of all, I'll get on to kind of your preferences within Blood Bowl. What team are you playing with at the moment? Uh, I Literally, I play with everything. Currently, as we're speaking right now, I'm actually playing my Halflings uh, Fling Nation on the Xbox. <laughs> as we're recording this live against some Ogres right now. Oh, sweet. How's the game going? Zero, zero, and it's not going very well. I got too <laughs> many Halflings in the casualty and KO box. That tends to happen a lot with halflings. You tend to fill up the dead box and the knocked out box quite quickly. Correct, correct. But hey, with the new release stuff, I don't know if you guys got to see them. I think the new catchers and the hefties are absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, this is one of the first questions that Liam's put down. So I'll start with some of Liam's questions for you because that was the very first question that he's asked. What do you think of the new halflings? I absolutely love them. My favorite, actually, is the star player on the goat. Why is there a goat? I don't know, but it is hilarious. I love it. I must get a model made, and hopefully the NAF won't be too slow on getting them approved for tournaments. I think it's going to be at the TO's discretion, but I really, really want to play them as soon as possible. Okay, so I'm not quite up to speed on how things come out in the Blood Bowl world at the moment, but I gather the very first place that they featured is Spike Magazine, is that correct? Yes, yes. Somebody's already leaked Spike Magazine. I'm not sure. I think it was Warhammer TV. Hmm. I can't be positive, but someone took pictures and posted them online, and then they are quickly torn down off the line. Hmm. But I was very quick to download all the images that I could before I knew that he removed. So the, the new star players, simply brilliant. The, the positionals, exactly what the, the halflings needed. So how has everyone been playing with these new players? Then uh, This has kind of escaped me. How's it, how's, is it on Blood Bowl 2 that you can now put these on, or...? No, no, they're not officially released yet. Just the rules came out, I want to say Friday, maybe even Thursday they came out. So nobody's uh, played with them yet that I know of yet other than maybe playtest. Well, Liam was putting up opinions on the uh, Two Drunk Things thing of playing with them. So I guess he's just been playing friendlies or he's just been kind of, you know, game testing with them or something like that. That's my guess. He seems to be putting up quite in-depth opinions on his thoughts on them. So I gather that he's played with them. I don't know that for definite, but that was the impression that I got. But yeah, it's all come out and it's caused a bit of a stir in Blood Bowl world from what I gather. 
I think the hefties are going to be, they're the most, I guess, underestimated, I believe. Nobody, I don't think people really would ever take Fend mm. as a double on a halfling, but this is what he comes with naturally. So it's an amazing ability. It's like, whoa, you know, you would never, I mean, me personally on a regular halfling, and which the hefty basically is, except for he comes with Fend and an additional armor value. Hmm. It's just really, really good to come with armor seven, which will keep the little booger alive. And having Fen, okay, he got hit, maybe he got pushed or so forth. So you can't follow up and hit him. So now he's safe. And the ability to get leader, because as, as we all know, rerolls are a premium. They cost a lot for halfling. Mm. So I like to keep my halflings literally with one, maybe two rerolls and utilize the chef or all the rest of them. So the fact that you can get a 20K reroll is really amazing for halfling. So that was my first thought when I saw the hefties. I'm like, oh my goodness, 20K rerolls. Amazing. Well, it's one of the things with flings. It's certainty with rerolls because if you get your chef, then you, you can get a fair few rerolls if if the dice go for you. But it's not a guarantee. You can't go into a game going, well, you know, I, I know that I've got two or three rerolls, and it, it's kind of that safety net that if you're going to try something that's a little bit risky or or kind of you know throwing catchy, you've got that kind of safety net. Whereas with flings, there's a possibility of having a lot, but there's a possibility of not having very many. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the, the chef I've had on several occasions go 0 for 6. Zero in the first half, zero in the second half, and you're just sitting there going, well, that was a waste of 100k in inducement. But, you yeah. know, Nuffle says you can't have any rerolls. He says you can't have any. What can I say? Tough titties. You just got to learn to play with it. So, overall, you're pretty happy with the new halflings that will come out? Oh my goodness, I am so eager. I buy every single Spike magazine and I buy every single set of dice that come out with every new team. This is a team that I have to buy the team. This is one of those ones where I'm like, nope, I need to get them. I have my old second and third edition halfway models with the team built, but these things look so amazing. And unlike the Dark Elves and everything else, they, they have a lot of head options with the halfway. Maybe GW finally said, hey, you know what, they're, they're saying give us more options. I mean, the, the both catchers and both hefties and a lot of the linemen, they're all duplicates. There's two of everyone. That's what GW does. But mm. they put a lot of different head screws, so you, you don't have the same models. And I wish they would have done that for the undead, the elves, everything else. But they actually did that for the halflings, which is simply amazing. Excellent! <laughs> cool, cool. Right, I'll move on to the next question Liam's put down. I'll read this word for word. This is exactly how Liam's put it. Okay. Dynamic Mike has truly brought the two drunk flings to life. Is there any other games that you would like the two drunk flings to play? Man, this is a good one because right now, all right, so Blood Bowl, hands down, it's the first ever game I really, really got into and it branched off into other miniature games, GW and some other companies. But right now, I do not deny, I am totally addicted to a, a card game called Super Show. It's, okay. uh, I guess, a WWE-like, like it's, they, they have their own league. It's the LFF, the Legendary Fighting Federation, I believe uh, okay. is what it's called. And it's, it's wrestling, and the owner is hands-on with every one of the customers. You'll never have a better customer service than Steve Rask. Shout out to him yeah. and the Super Show. And this is one of the games that if you want to be a competitor in the Super Show, all you have to do is contact the company, and you are a competitor in the Super Show. Oh, yeah. Step into a Slim Jim. It's as simple as that. You can make your own character, everything from all the special moves and everything. The company works with you. So I do have two competitors in that game, and that is the game I play the most if I'm not playing Blood Bowl. Those are the two I play. Okay, well, that's interesting because Alan, I don't know if you know from the, the podcast, but Alan is a massive wrestling fan. Always has been and seemingly always will be. He recommended me to watch Beyond the Mat. It's a great documentary, primarily focused around, I think, Jake the Snake, Roberts, and a couple of other guys through their wrestling careers. Alan's a big one for that, so that's probably the way in point. You know what? It'd be a really good game for Alan because the rule sheet is literally one sheet of paper, so it might be something you'd actually get around to reading since Alan does not read the rules. Alan, read the rules! now you're talking in the right ballpark there because the less he has to read the better and the more that you can explain to him get him into a game and just kind of explain it to him yeah that that sounds good i think we can sell him on that so what was the game again that game is super show super show okay and it's a card based game did you say was it 
It is a card and dice based game. There's one die which basically tells you who gets to do the turn and what your abilities are that you're able to play during the turn. So yes, it is amazing. I can't recommend it any higher. If you've never played a wrestling card game, this is the one to play. This is really easy. You can pick it up and learn it in five minutes. And true story, you can master it in 15 minutes. It's that easy to pick up and start playing. Awesome. I like the sound of that, and I'm pretty sure Alan will. So we've only got to talk Liam into that, and he's pretty up for a new game, so I think he might be up for that. Okie doke. On to the next question that we have. So from the new star players that have been announced, have you got a favorite, and why would that be? I can't really say the name. There's two, the GOAT. The GOAT is awesome. Come on. Horns, strength three, block, tackle. Yeah, he doesn't have any hands, can't pick up the ball, but you're going to utilize him with blitzing and, and hitting that ball handler. And then secondly, it's got to be the pie-throwing bombardier for the halflings. 50K, it's exactly what the halflings needed. I wish it was a positional, but hey, a 50K star player, which halflings needed. They needed a cheap and an inexpensive star player, and now they have one. At 50K, you can't even complain that it has secret weapon. They have another one with stab. I would never take that one. Anytime I, I have stab, it just doesn't work out for me. But mm-hmm. for sure, the halfling, bombardier, pie thrower, however you want to call it, and the goat. The goat is just absolutely fantastic to me. You see, that's a, a star player for 50,000. Sounds really good to me because I play pro overs and I don't think any of their players are, are below 50,000 in, in cost. It's ridiculous. That sounds pretty good. It's amazing. 50K and it comes with accurate. So it basically negates the fact that the halfling has stunty mm. when throwing the bomb. So it's, it's perfect. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I love it. Brilliant. Okay, on to the next question from Liam. <laughs> okay, so if you could buy Liam anything in the world, what would it be? Buy Liam anything in the world? Probably an appetite for meat. Nice. I like the cut of your jib there, sir. Very nice. Okay, question five. If you could go back in time, what era would you go back to and why? This is a time turner, Harry. You mean we've gone back in time? I'm a big history buff, but uh, man, go back in time somewhere. I guess I'd go back to my youth. It wouldn't be back in time very far. And just when I very first saw Blood Bowl, I probably picked it up then because me and my friends were big Dungeons and Dragons geeks back then. And we just saw Blood Bowl advertisement so what we did is we're like hey let's bring blood bowl to dungeons and dragons and we basically wrote up our own rules and so forth and had i known back then what blood bowl is today i would have totally picked it up and my friends and i would have geeked out better because our little fake version of dungeons and dragons blood bowl was nowhere near as good as what it is today I seem to be doing the reverse journey of that because I've started on Blood Bowl and uh, the next step that we're taking on Two Drunk Flings is to do a bit of the old Dungeons and Dragons. I've had my character all designed up. It's a bard character and, you know, I've got all my stats and everything and my type of personality. So, yeah, that's going to be coming soon. So that's interesting. Is there any advice that you could give me for my first game of Dungeons and Dragons? Live in the character. You know, they have characteristic stats and so forth, and you might actually have rolled for your, your intelligence to be high or what have you. Mm. But if you actually rolled for your intelligence to be stupid, <laughs> play the character. You're a stupid guy, you see a trap, open it. Because you know what, that's what your intelligence would probably do in your character. <laughs> so live your character the way it is. If he dies, don't be attached to it, because you know what, it only takes like 30 minutes to make another character. I have so many friends that get so attached to their characters. Back in the day, I had an elf character, is. His name was Czar, and I got him all the way up to where he is almost a deity, and he died, and I, I was so devastated as a kid, and I left my playgroup, I'm like, you killed him on purpose, I'm like, I'm not the one who rolled the 20, the die rolled the 20, not me, you know? so it's just a game, don't be attached, have fun with it, just like Blood Bowl, you know, we, we love to play flings, why, because it's a game, and it's super fun, and you know what, we're going to lose more than we win, and if you go into the attitude that if you tie, it's a win, you're going to have fun with it. And Dungeons and Dragons, is, my thing is, it wasn't fun because my character leveled up. It was, it was fun to me because all my friends around me, we had fun playing together. And we actually played the character as it was supposed to be. So just go in having fun. Well, if there's one lesson that I seem to be learning with Pro Elves is that you can't get attached to players because I got very attached to my catchers. And guess what? People attack catchers quite hard so you tend to lose quite a few of them and it demoralizes you in the game and then you spend two turns kind of turning your morale around again before you're back on after that things like 7-1 can happen can't they so yeah pro armor seven it's rough that's the rough life 
your blitzers have got armor eight, which is a little bit better. But generally, yeah, everybody else on the field, it's pretty much fifty-fifty whether they're going down each time or not. Yeah, it's so bad. Oh, elves! I hate all things elves. Elves are the horrible race, I guess. First started playing Blood Bowl, believe it or not. It wasn't the board game or anything like that. I had a friend on Xbox Live and I just had surgery on my knee. So I was laid up at home for a couple weeks and I saw a friend playing Blood Bowl. I'm like, hey, wait a second. I thought this was a board game that I saw years and years ago. He goes, yeah, it is. He goes, it's an Xbox Live game. So I went and I downloaded it and I started playing. I'm like, oh my goodness. He goes, you do know this is still a board game if you want to come play them. But just the thought of me being able to own my own like NFL franchise or what have you, I was immediately hooked. Cool. Liam's put a lot of questions in that are blatant attempts to catch me out, such as if a woodchuck could chuck wood, would Alan read the rules? Alan? Read the rules, Alan. Never. No. Alan is stubborn. I think one of these days he's going to go to a tournament and somebody's going to pull the wool over his eyes and everybody's going to laugh at him going, if you read the rules, Alan, those halflings cannot have a word answer. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, he read a rule. Well, he read the bit on agility from the rule book, shall we say. So technically he read a rule. And we're in talks for the moment to try and do an audiobook version of the rules with a guy called Robert James Williams Day, who was featured on one of the podcasts doing a segment kind of reading the rules before. But anyway, my idea was that various people could read out different rules. My suggestion was going to be, we'll just get Alan to just read that one rule, just read agility and nothing else in the book. Everybody (laughs) else gets like two pages and he gets like literally that one section and then that's it from Alan. That's actually brilliant because you know what? He might actually read it and he might actually understand it, but he actually read it with some passion. Oh, yeah, this is how it works. And I did listen to that podcast where he actually had it right that, hey, agility guy with agility four, what's his dodge? He's two. A guy with agility two, what's his dodge? So he knows it. The thing is, after playing the first couple of games, that's kind of one of the essential things that you have to know, is it not? Is it, is, surely you can't go that many games without figuring out the agility stat. Can you? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. Yeah, we are talking about Alan. (laughs) Don't read it. You might not know. And when I first started playing the board game anyway, because I played on the Xbox, I did not understand anything. I did not understand this is how the agility works or nothing like that. Uh, A friend of mine said, hey, he'll get on. I'm like, I don't understand this game. He goes, I'll just get online. And then he slowly progressed me through it and how to play. And he still beat me down. But I like, oh, this is how an assist works. This is how this works. And so I didn't know the agility thing. He goes, hey, tell you what, we're running a league at my local game store. Why don't you come play? I'm like, okay, cool. I'll I'll be able to learn how to play the game. In the league, I wanted to play a team that nobody was having. I'm like, okay, who doesn't something people have? Like, Norse is what I'm going to play because they're like dwarves, and that's what I was playing on the Xbox. And I'd always constantly ask, what do I need for a dodge? And the the guy would always be like, it's a three. I'm like, but why do I need a three? He goes, have you read the rules? No, I don't have the rule book. And (laughs) sure enough, I ended up buying uh, the box set that day. And and I read the rules. I'm like, oh, so now I don't look like that idiot going, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And now I know why. So you read the rules, that's what happens. That's really interesting because I'm one of those people that, you know, reads instruction manuals and things like that. The first thing that I do before I open a product or do anything with the product is read the instruction manual. I'm one of a very rare few. But with Blood Bowl, I didn't think it would be that common that, you know, people got so far in without actually sitting down with the rule book and and kind of reading it. I thought that was just Alan, but apparently this seems to be quite common. It, It is quite a way in before you fully read the rules. Well, me, it was because I had the, the video game. So the video game, there was no rules. It was just, I mean, the video game came with a rule book. This is how you play the game, but there was no how to do this. There was no how to play the game. But now under the new Blood Bowl 2, they actually have a rule section of how to play the game. It actually teaches you. It teaches you totally wrong, mm. mind you. And then it slowly adds more and more rules onto it. You're like, wait a second, I just rolled double skulls, but my turn's not over. What? Why is that in the tutorial? But I know how to play now and, and Blood Bowl too, so, but I want to go through the tutorial to see how they're teaching people. So it does have a tutorial for Alan and will help. That's a probably a good thing. Alan should go get Blood Bowl 2 and play that on the PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, whatever he has, and it will actually teach him some of the rules. That's a good idea because that doesn't require him to move too far off his sofa. There you go. And, you know, he could even do that while he's babysitting the new little baby. She could be upstairs and he could be downstairs. I know he's a big player on fumble. I know he did a lot of fumble. 
Yes, he's the worst player on Fumble. Nobody's going to beat that record. We could start like a, a crowdfunding campaign to get him the game or, or like whatever, and then we could get him to learn from there. But the last tournament he was at, he won a game. He did win a game. Unbelievable, Jeff! <laughs> That's amazing. I know, it's incredible, isn't it? I'll tell you what, if Alan has an Xbox or PlayStation and wants to play from his couch, I will mail him a copy of the game. <laughs> well, we'll put that to him and see if he'll take you up on that. Okay, so on to the next question that we have. <laughs> okay, why isn't your tash as big as Tom Selleck's? Nice mustache, by the way. When puberty hits, that thing's really going to kick in. My what? Your mustache. Why is your mustache not as big as Tom Selleck's? Because I'm not a 1970s porn star. I guess that'd be the best accurate answer. I was in the military, so for one, I'd always have to keep facial hair really, really trimmed, and the mustache was the only thing you could have as facial hair. And two, my wife doesn't like facial hair at all, and then she's slowly like the mustache goatee look, so I do grow that out, and sometimes the beard, but it has to be kept short, or the wife is like, nope, you gotta get it all, shave it all off, and then now she cannot stand to look at me with my face shaved clean because I look like an 18-year-old boy is what she says. <laughs> Funnily enough, I, I also sport the goatee and I haven't shaved it off for many years. I grew it when I went travelling like to New Zealand for about three weeks and it's just stayed ever since. And I can't bear the prospect of shaving it off and, and looking like a 12-year-old again. I, I just can't face <laughs> Uh, but mine can't get too far out of whack because my moustache grows below my lip. It irritates me. I just can't stand it. It has to go. It has to go, yes. I yeah. can't stand that either. I don't understand when you see the pictures of the competition in Germany, I think it is, for the, the handlebar moustaches and things like that. That's proper dedication as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I don't know how they do that. I really don't. I could never, ever do that. Never. Nope. Once it gets too long, it starts getting itchy. Once it gets itchy, the whole thing goes. I shaved yeah. it all off. Nah, I'm totally with you on that. Okay. What are your thoughts on Alan and his losses? You know what? As long as Alan's having fun, who cares how many wins and losses you have, you know? Damn right. The, the, I think that the game is, is all about having fun. And you know what? Every single time I hear him on the podcast, every time you guys go to a, a live look-in when he's playing and so forth, he's always laughing and having a good time. And that's what it's all about. I wish more people would realize that it's just a game. You're goddamn right. A game is meant to be fun. Not about wins and losses. Now you get competitive people when they lose or rage quit. Please, no, 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 no! Like, take a step back and remember, people, it's just a game. None of this really means anything. Yeah, that's a lesson I need to learn because I was an only child, which means when it comes to losing, I'm, I'm not very good at it. But <laughs> you're quite right about Alan. I mean, I don't think any person if they weren't enjoying playing the game could have gone on as far as he has in terms of playing and losing without enjoying it if he wasn't enjoying it it'd just be that'd be some kind of red flag for something but yeah you're quite right every time you see him at an event or anywhere he's absolutely loving it he's loving being out of the house he's loving all the people and he's loving playing the game so and no knock on alan it might sound like knocking on alan hey read the rules no i love that guy everything i see him do and and hear from all the podcasts and the video i love him that guy is just a hoot i like that man he cracks me up Dude, Alan has the fan club. Alan is, is gaining a little gathering, a little following of people that, that they just like him. Who was it? There was a guy, a noob with a brush, who recently put up a video just kind of promoting the Fling Nation thing and all the badges and things you can get for the achievements and everything. He put up a video and he was halfway through that, he's sitting there and he's talking about him and his mate Griff. And in Welsh accents, they, they sit there and go, oh, I'm sorry, Alan, but me and Griff, you're a favorite. <laughs> Alan needs to be a figure. He needs to be a figure in the team. Yes. yes, he's absolutely fantastic. And the thing is, when he's at a tournament and the, there's all of us at a tournament, it's so much, it's like the boys are back in town sort of thing. It's, it's, it's always better when there's, there's all of us there. Amazing. I'm jealous. I wish I could be over the pond to see one of your guys' events. I'd love it. It gets crazy, there's a lot of alcohol, and sometimes it gets a little close to being what you would describe as out of hand, but I, I never feel it fully crosses that line, to be honest. And that's what's different, you know, the, here in the States, we had a big, big tournament. I, I think the biggest one is the Chaos Cup. This year, or this last past year, we had almost 100, and nobody's drinking. Everybody takes it so, so serious, and then I hear you guys, you know, hey, let's go get another pint. Drink! 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 
change. No joke. I'm a fast player myself. I have another Vegas local, Naboja Travanovic. Mm-hmm. He's from Serbia, but he lives here in the States and here in Vegas with us. Mm-hmm. And we are always the first ones done playing. And like two years ago at Gen Con, we had to play each other and took us 35 minutes to play a game and they you know they give you a time for two and a half hours to play a game or two hours of 15 and then and i's like all right let's go get a beer you know we have plenty <laughs> of time to go let's go get a beer and we'd bring beer back and say hey hand a beer to our opponents oh no no i'm taking this way too seriously i'm like how, how are you guys already done because i play during my opponent's turn that's the one thing i really i think the only thing that irks me about the game is when people take it way too seriously and i'm like well if you want to take it that seriously can you start planning your turn while i'm playing to figure out that's what i do i just i'm like and i don't like putting a timer on people it really irks me when i'm getting close to time and i'm like i can tell you right now that the two and a half hours that we played almost two hours is just you partner i don't want to make it on you and they get mad when i say okay well, we have to go to the timer to finish on time and i'm like once the four minutes hits you're done you're done it beats you'll see mine we'll do a timer for me i'm 30 seconds i'm done sorry it's very rare that i have to go to time and have to put time on somebody but i mean i've been involved in a few games where it's been right up to the wire and we've literally been turn eight as they're saying you know three minutes to go sort of thing but i've never seen anyone put time on like the four minute time thing over here it was i think it was part of one of the podcasts and we were saying is that actually a thing and they were saying well yeah it is if if you call it into force it can be you know particularly at tournaments you've got to keep to a schedule so there's only been one time and i think it was a morocco cup my opponent thought i was going to be very slow so he goes hey this is what we're going to do we're going to set up a chess clock and once your time's out all you can do is just stand up your models and that's it and i'm like okay i'm like this is the same rule for you too right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely no joke under his rules his rules he ran out of time by turn (laughs) six in the second half and i'm like dude i still have like an hour left of my time tell you what We'll let you play your turns. He goes, no, 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 no. I was, and the guy was really cool. He goes, I was the asshole to you thinking you're going to be super slow. <laughs> I ran out of time. I'm going to hold myself to it. And he just kept standing his guys up, just standing his guys up. And I'm like, okay, my turn's over. And he goes, okay, his turn's over. Cause, cause all he can do is, is stand those guys up. I already had the lead. I already had the game won. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? Let me go buy your beer because the Morocco cup wasn't a brewery. And he goes, you really humbled me. I'm never going to put the chess clock on somebody again. <laughs> no joke. I think it comes for me from my Vegas crew and we have Brian too. I don't know if you guys know who Brian too is, but he's like one of the best in the United States. Mm. And I play against a lot of these guys that are really, really good. And you know what? I get my face caved in and you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I, I love when I get beat by my best buddies who are way better than me. That's great. And when I beat them, I get the biggest sense of accomplishment. But what we've done out here in Vegas, I don't know how big it is overseas is level sevens. Seven! is really starting to pick up momentum in the U.S. Mm. And that's a game where you only have seven people on the field and there is no line of scrimmage to start. But there's also zero re-rolls. What did you just say, Bill? Zero re-rolls. And when you start playing the game where you have zero re-rolls and you get accustomed to playing without them, you become a better player. And I think because of all the beatdowns I've gotten from better players and strategies and stuff like that, I've learned to assess what is more important right now. Okay, if this fails, what's going to happen over here? And when you have no rerolls, there's turns where it literally it's three seconds. I got to get this guy up, stand up, dodge, fail. Okay, that's my turn, your turn. Beat me up some more. And I think that's made me a better player too. But also playing against better guys. And I'm like, hey, how did you figure out? Well, during your turn, I've already figured out what I was going to do. So I've, I've taught myself, mm. okay, he left me an opening there. That's the first thing I'm going to do. How do I open this? And it makes for a faster game because there, there's nothing worse than saying time's up. Your opponent could have walked into the end zone and won, and they say, no, no, time is time. I always tell them, well, you should have played faster. You know, mm. I know it's not me. I can tell you that it's never me. I've never taking up all my time so that's just the thing about you know it's fun i don't like that ever like hey you could have just walked in why did you stall what they call time time is time sorry we tied that's just the way it is in the state i don't know how it is over there i don't even know if sevens or street ball big over in the uk or in europe i think it was not the last podcast the podcast before i think it was someone was mentioning about blood boss sevens i think it was liam and it is starting to get a bit of a following over here you mentioned about the re-rolls because i mean there's been various games where you get a second chance or something you know like one of the racing games and if you came off at corner you had the option to rewind and, and kind of do it again 
And someone said to me at the time, this is actually not a good feature because it makes you a better driver if you know if something goes wrong, you can't just redo that bit. You've got to live with it. Is it kind of a shorter game as well? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, sevens is only six turns per half. Mm. And with no rerolls, a, a turn really is 10 seconds. You, you mm. could fail your very first thing and that's, that's your turn. So without rerolls, you really assess what is more important. Because like uh, I have friends that would normally, normally they'd go, okay, let me go block the line and everything. Now they're like, you know what, just in case I fail a go for or fail a dodge, let me go put a couple people around the ball before I even attempt to pick it up. Because if I fail to pick up, that's the end of my turn. I only have one guy by the ball now instead of four or five. Mm. It's really a big difference. And casualties in sevens really hurt because in regular Blood Bowl, 11 on 10 it's a substantial amount of hitting power that someone else has above you. But when in sevens, when it's six versus seven, or if you lose two and it's seven versus five, Mm. it really is downhill from then on out. It's just bad. Is it the same size pitch or is it smaller? No, no, no. It's a, it's a lot smaller. It's, I want to say it's four squares shorter on each side. Mm -hmm. So the sidelines, there's normally four wide zones. It's only two wide zones. Mm. And the middle is still the same, but I think the pitch is six squares shorter, or three on each end. So it's much smaller, way smaller. In terms of the stats, do any of the stats change in the players, or are they still, you know, if you've still got a Skaven, what are they called? Gutter runners? Yeah, if you've got like a gutter runner, is it still movement nine on there? or? The players are exactly the same. The rule builds in sevens is slightly different. Normally, like normal Blood Bowl, you have a million starting roster and and each Blood Bowl tournament would have an assessed value of what you can build your team to and then add skills. Mm-hmm. In sevens, it's 600K and they reduce your positionals. So like, for example, halflings, currently under the, the way they're built with just treatment and halflings, they're really boned out. They get their two treatment and they have no other positionals. Mm-hmm. But all other teams actually take a severe hit because you're only allowed to have four positional. So like a team like Orcs, everybody's a positional but a lineman and you're like okay do i want four blitzers do i want two blitzers two black orcs do i want one troll one blitzer one catcher or thrower and so that's where the restraint is 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 your team build all the skills are the same and every blood bowl sevens tournament that i played in with the exception of uh jim luff's last year you're only allowed one skill. That's your skill up. And you cannot take leader because re-rolls are not allowed other than what you build in with your skills. So the leader is typically banned. I'd like to ban pro, but the NAC has got a strong thing like, no, we're not going to let you ban pro. Leader, yes, because it's part of the rules. And on the NAP website, if you go under variants, they have all the rules for these. And they're going to update a lot of the stuff. So I really enjoyed it. Even Blood Bowl 7's league style. It's really cool. You know, we've homegrown some of our rules, but... Yes, it's a much faster game. You can do a Blood Bowl 7s game in about 30 minutes. Sometimes, if me and my buddy Ned play, we do it in 15 or so. Mm. And at tournaments, I give people an hour to play. That's it. And I don't think anybody has ever hit time in a Blood Bowl 7s. Because an hour is just way too long. So just to double check, your skill re-rolls you keep. So if you've got like a dodge or a catch or pass or something like yes, that, sir. they still remain, but it's the straight-up re-rolls that you can't have. Is that correct? Yeah, you can't have them. The NAF document says they charge double for them. And any tournament that I've ever gone to, that they allow that one rule. Most tournament organizers that do play sevens, they always say, no, re-rolls are not allowed because there are only a few teams that can actually purchase and afford a re-roll. Hmm. So those are like the Amazons when it's a 50K, so it's a 100K re-roll. And you will see like even Dwarves, the 50K re-roll, it's doubled, it's 100. That one re-roll will always, it's so huge in sevens because there's always that one moment where you're like, damn, if I just had a re-roll, that mm. would have been so amazing. And so that's what I like. And the kickoff table, I believe in sevens, has a re-roll function where you can get one. Mm. And you always know, it, it always inevitably seems that that one re-roll is very powerful mm-hmm. and very crucial in that half of why you scored or why you stopped them because it's very valuable and believe it or not uh halflings are one of the better teams in sevens mm. because they're the only team that actually can have affordable re-rolls they get the halfling chef the 100k and you can get up to three re-rolls you're not taking any re-rolls from any other player mm. but that's the cool thing about the chef you're taking away and you're adding re-rolls so uh, the Las Vegas Open 7s, I played uh, Justin Gatner from Canada, and he had halflings. He had three rerolls almost every half against me. I'm like, 
holy cow. And the only reason why I beat him is because I just say, okay, I'm going to kill this happening. I'm going to kill this happening. I'm going to kill this happening. Okay, now you can't score because all your halflings are out the field and the trees move too slow. The, the re-rolls, they're huge and stuff. The games in which I've sat in with Liam, particularly the one where he was at the NAF and he played Adrian Churchman, and he got pitch cleared. That did seem to be the most effect. Just keep plugging away. The, you know, there might be 15 players or whatever you got to get through, but just keep plugging away and they will go eventually. Bye bye. Oh yeah, the halflings will disappear. They will. If you get rid of them, they'll go. Let me just have a quick look at the next question we've got here. Okay, modesty is ever on Liam's part here. Question eight. What's it like to be part of the coolest, most amazing, funniest podcast in Blood Bowl? Yeah, baby. It's amazing. Sling Nation, come on. Is it the worst team in the game? Well, I, maybe Ogres might be a little bit worse. According to Drew, Goblins have one of the biggest loss statistics out of everybody. Well, you know what? They got to refigure out those statistics because the second the Goblins got the Doom Diver and Stink the Fixer, mm. I'm almost willing to say that their win percentage has skyrocketed vastly because Stink the Fixer is amazing. He's a free reroll of your bride if it failed. Mm-hmm. You can argue the call on a five up. The Doom Diver, it makes it almost guaranteed you get that one-turn touchdown. The, the fact that he can say where he's being flung is mm. amazing. So, no, Goblins are not the worst hunting. Mm, Ogres and Halflings. And now with the Halfling upgrades, I'm actually eager to see how they go. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on the statistics over the next season or two to see how these new things are kind of fair. Exactly, yeah. And, and Goblins have done really well since the addition of the Doom Diver. you got to keep him alive, mm. but man, he's really good. What tournaments do you have coming up, and what's the rule pack for any that you do have lined up? My next one that I'm coming up, which is I'm super excited about, it's the Rocky Mountain Ringers Rebellion. That's Brian Two in Utah. Um, he's about a six-hour drive, and this year my wife has got tired of hearing me cry and cry about the six-hour boring drive because really between Las Vegas and Utah where he's at is just desert and nothing really nice and pretty to look at. Mm. And Brian has been always awesome. He travels to Vegas for as many of the tournaments as possible. So no matter what, if Brian Chu is throwing a tournament, I'm going to be there. Get over here! He's really awesome. We're going to be playing a new variant of Death Bowl on Friday night. Basically like a Death Bowl 7 kind of like thing, except for uh, you're allowed to have eight people mm. on your team. The team build, I want to say, is 600k, like Blood Bowl 7, you get eight people. And he gives four skills for that one. Spoiler alert, I'll be taking Dark Elves. <laughs> um, four skills, why? Because four normal skills or a double and two normals. I'm like, well, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to have four Dark Elves, and they're, they're all four going to be Blodge. And the rule pack he has, picking up the balls a point, passing the balls a point, catching the balls a point, which I think if you're getting a point for completing a pass, the catch is already null and void, but hey, pick up the ball and catch it, pass and throw it at the point. So I'm like, all right, elves are the ones and re-rolls are allowed. They're not doubled, but you have to buy eight players. Therefore, it basically makes everybody not have a re-roll. Mm-hmm. So leader would be cool or sure hands, but last year I took wood elves and I was dreadfully sick. And I, I was in the top table, and then when I got really sick, I'm like, I don't care. Please just end this. Let me go to sleep. Please, please. I'm dying here. So so this year, I plan to actually do a good showing. And then the very following day, it's Rocky Mountain Rampage, where he has Bigfoot, all these crazy rules, which I highly recommend. RockyMountainRampage.com. Go check it out. Check out the rules. This is one of those tournaments where Bigfoot, he, he gets on that field. Run. Run for your life. He's like a fanatic, except for more brutal. He, mm. he does not go down in the both down effect. He's great. Brian has got a really thematic rule set for it. And this year I'm taking Chaos Dwarves and I'm taking zero rerolls. I've been playing so much sevens lately that I feel like I don't need them. I want to max out on skill. The build was 1.1 million and you buy everything you need in that 1.1 million. So there's no skill restriction other than the fact that you can't take more than three of any skill. So dwarves can only take three, guard and so forth. So I'm utilizing that. I'm like, I'm going to have fun. I can play without rerolls. And I submitted my roster and paid my way already. And Brian goes, are you out to win it this year? I'm like, well, I like to win every year, but 
have no rerolls. I don't really think I'm here to win. I want to try for casualties or something. He goes, oh, no, I think you have the best roster so far. And that's a good thing. He gets to see the rosters beforehand. So he mm. can give me an idea what I'm at. I played some play tests. We do that here in Vegas. We play test with our local group that's traveling. So Nabosha, Travanovic, he's probably hands down one of the best players in the world, in my opinion. So we play test and he beats me or I beat him. And I'm like, okay, I, I, if I can beat him with my roster build and with what he has, Mm-hmm. I feel like my roster is good enough to win. We're finally going to score. <laughs> Thank God. So that's what we have coming up, and that's later this month. I want to say it's the last weekend in April, the 27th, I believe, the 27th and 28th. So I'm super, super excited about that. After that, we have Sin City Bowl weekend, mm-hmm. which I've heard you mention in the last one. You know, that's what some of the guys want to come to. And that is a big, big weekend in June. Friday, June 21st, I'm doing the Sin City Bowl 7s, $15 entrance. 600k team build add one skill can be a double or normal or any skill up to 30k so if you want movement or armor value nobody ever takes those ever so that's the june 21st june 22nd is the sin city bowl six Mm -hmm. a very exciting year for me because i was always doing a very vegas themed characters and this year we're breaking character naboja trevanovic my buddy and i are the star player Anybody that has been to a Sin City Bowl uh, that I've ran, when your buy-in gets you a custom model that I've had from RNS Studio with some D6. I have a D3 slash D2 for it. I've copied that from both down guys. Shout out to them. Their D3 die, but I have Ned in my head on it. They copied it for their Oklahoma Bowl this year. And they said, oh, I copied them, but my stuff was already ordered. I'm one of those guys that I order my stuff a year in advance. So. No, they're there. So Ned is the star player. Ned and I are a two-headed goblin combo with claw and all kinds of crazy skills. The team build on that is 1.25. You just build your roster 1.25, I don't care. You want to add two strength to a goblin and have a strength for a goblin, I don't care. That's 100k you're willing to do. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing that Saturday, four rounds. And then Sunday, uh, I'm not sure if you guys over the pond have heard about it, but there's a three-die block came up with a draft, and I just called it Sin City Draft. I don't know what the B is for their draft because it's the three-die block. You draft leg goal players. Every position is available, but it's zero to one, so there's only one word answer, and he typically goes number one, and there's only one Amazon Blitzer, typically goes number two, and it's a snake draft. I have a very large pod of players, one of every model from every team, including the Simeon, which I'm not sure of how many tournaments allow them. Normally they're not NAP approved, or it might be a NAP approved tournament, but the Simeon don't count. Those are really great players and fun, and you're able to draft them. And I like the chimpanzee. He's one of the best hidden talents. He starts with Russell, kind of like the new Bretonian Yeoman, I believe is called now, comes with Russell. So that's the Sunday. We play eight people. That's all the draft pod can handle. One pod, and I'm thinking about getting a second one because we have had 12 to 16 people. I say, hey, I would play if you didn't sell out already. I'm like, okay, so it's expensive to get a pod. But yes, that's what I do. And that's basically what I have planned for the immediate future here in Vegas anyhow. Fantastic. I've got two more quick fire kind of questions from Liam. The first one is meat or veg? Meat. Meat. I'm a meatitarian. Good call. You'll get on well without them. Very well without them. And the final question is, if you were stuck in an elevator, what blood bowl skill would you use to get out? Leap. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Danny Richardson, that's one for you. Okay, I got some from Alan as well. Oh, Alan's been good. There's only a few here that you've got. First one, do you hate vegans as much as I do? Fucking vegans! <laughs> I don't hate vegans. I just like making fun of them because I have never met a vegan that didn't tell me that they were a vegan. Sorry, I need to get on first. I'm vegan. Is that all right? I'm like, I, I'm like, yes, I know you're a vegan. I'm aware. I don't care. You know, like, none of it means anything to me. I don't care. I don't go to church on Sunday, and I don't look down on people that do go to church on Sunday. My thing is, you be you. Let me be me. Don't push your views on me. You know, so I don't hate anybody. I really don't. I may not get along with a lot of people, but no. No, Alan, I do not hate vegans whatsoever. But I've never met a vegan that I didn't know that they were vegan. They all let you know within the first five minutes. You know I'm a vegan. I don't like you eating it. I don't care if you're vegan. I believe Paul McCartney put it as live and let live. That's it. There you go. That's a good one. Okay, his second question is, what's your favorite skill in Blue Bowl? Well, Jim Left and I made a shirt, and it's the easiest one ever. Got block. Well, do you, punk? It says it all. Good, cool. Because if you don't got it, you're going down. 
you do got it, you're lucky. Block. Block's the best skill. I found that it was very useful to add it in the last tournament that I played it, despite being beat. Okay, what was your biggest win in Blue Bowl? I'll go with my most recent tournament win. Jason Weaver, great guy. You know, Jim Lock, he threw a tournament in Florida. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, I'm going to want to use the Sin City rules. I'm like, absolutely. I just so happened to, like, days before I flew out there, I showed him the Sin City Bowl trophy that I, was, I got made from Castle Creations, which you guys have, you know, support your podcast. They make great stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we reviewed them on the last one. And Jim goes, can I have that, that trophy for my tournament? I'm like, have it. I'm like, I just bought this. I just, it literally just arrived in the mail. Well, can you bring it out here? I'll buy it. Can you bring it out here? And I give it away as a prize. I'm like, sure, sure. No problem. I'll bring it out. And he PayPal me right away. I'm like, but I told him, I said, because this is a prize now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to try to win. And Jim goes, dude, you've never played Florida guys. They're going to beat you down. I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like, all right. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and it was hilarious. It was hilarious because I went out there. I didn't lose a single game. And Jason Weaver, love the guy, does star player cards. Mm-hmm. Guys, anybody who needs cards for their tournament, Jason Weaver, special play cards, excuse me, special play cards. Oh, yeah, that was the uh, one that Dan, Dan Atherton, I think, is. He got all his special play cards from him. Yeah, does really good deals, apparently. Yes amazing he does a great job special plug out to jason weaver amazing guy so jason weaver and i both play in amazons believe it or not we end up in the finals matched up against each other and james like come on florida guys you suck i talked all this hype hyped you guys all up and then what do we have we have a vegas guy and we have an oregon guy and it was a great game. I beat Jason. I, I want to say it was two to nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't score on the last turn on purpose or what have you. Jason is the most classiest person to ever play. I love playing him every time. He never talks tournament results, but I'll say that was probably the best game I've ever played, or that was the most recommend. I can't remember what the question was, but that was the most exciting game that I played because one, I play in a friend that I've only played, I want to say one other time ever. Mm-hmm. Two was in Florida on vacation. And three, I told Jim, you're going to make me bring this trophy all the way out to Florida from Vegas. And then I was going to the Bahamas. You're going to make me travel with this on vacation with this trophy. I'm not going to lose it. And sure enough, that's what I did. So it was, it was really exciting, really fun. I'll bring it back to the question, which was the biggest win in Blue Bowl. Uh, we'll go with, that was your, your personal biggest win. I'll, personal biggest win. We'll yeah. mold it yeah. to the question uh, in that way. I didn't want any prize or nothing like that. I, I did win a gift card to the local store there, and, and I told them, no, no, no. I don't need no money at this store. Go ahead, give it to whoever you want. I don't care. And I, I brought in all kinds of prizes. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, the thing I do. I, uh, the dice and all that kind of stuff. I brought everything. I'm like, here, every opponent gets a set of dice. Because he had special rules if you took this player or that player. I brought dice for those types of players. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here you go. You played with that player, you get this dice. And it was pretty cool. So a lot of people were happy with that. So it was a really fun event. And to me, it's all about the fun. I don't need the prizes. Taking home a trophy is nice when I travel. And especially since it was the one I really liked. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to win that. And that's what my thing going to Utah in two weeks now. I'm two weeks from today is the tournament. That's what I want to do. As long as I come home with a trophy, I'm happy. Plus one to smiles, mate. Yeah, (laughs) plus one to smiles. That's, That's it. But... More than that, as long as I had fun. I don't want to go in there going, God, I just suck. What was wrong with me or something like that? No. That was probably the greatest game that I played recently anyway. Sweet. And finally from Alan in this little bit, what was your worst moment playing Blood Bowl? This sucks more than anything that I've ever sucked before. Easily, hands down, all of them were a hookup. I played Amazons and... It was the first time ever playing them, so I think that's why I've been playing them a lot lately because I was so bad with them and I let my team down. I blame myself, my team not winning the Immortal Cup because I had a great team, Brian Two, one of the world's best, in my opinion. Just my opinion, he's one of the world's best. He is playing dwarves, he played great. Rich, another Utah, I don't want to butcher his last name, so Rich from Utah as well, he played Underworld and gosh, he played so good. Hmm. And Ant, Bays, he played Norse. He played great. He was probably one of the stars on our team as well. I, I think he actually won a third overall place during the 104 people, what have you. And me and my Amazon just, ugh. I mean, I would like to blame it on matchups. My very first game, I played Undead and I won, so I was excited. And then my game two, I played the amazing, talented Solomon nicely. You'll never meet a nicer guy, but he is, I want to say he's number one in the US or the world in Wood Elves. And I tied him. So I was just so, I'll say it, I was very cocky. <laughs> and then what happened? I ran into the buzzsaw of dwarves and chaos dwarves. And man, that was murder after that. Mm. 
so that was my work experience. He has got one last question, which is a very important question. We've agreed that it is one of the most important questions of the podcast, and that is, what is your favorite cheese? Cheese grommet. Favorite cheese, easily smoked, sharp cheddar. That's a good answer, sir. Very good. We have Applewood smoked cheddar over here, and we have some German smoked cheddar over here, and yeah, I'm totally with you on that. That's a high-scoring cheese in my book. Smoked cheddar's the best. Oh, especially a sharp smoked cheddar. Mm, with a bit of zing in it, a bit of tang in it. Oh, yes. Mm. James mentioned Havadi. Uh, I don't know, are you familiar with Havadi over in the States at all? No, I've never even heard of it. When he said that I did a little search, I can tell you for sure I've never had that one before, ever. He's obviously some kind of connoisseur in cheese by the sounds of things. I don't know, lad. It's like no cheese I've ever tasted. So Johnny's put through a couple of questions. First one, if the next team from GW is going to be Amazons, what changes, if any, would you make to the roster? I wouldn't make any changes to the roster. None at all? Nothing! Good day, sir! Amazons are great. Okay. None at all. I mean, if you want to make them more, maybe give them a big guy, but they don't need it. Fair news. What is your all-time favorite star player? Slibley or Sibley? I don't know how you say it. Uh, Soros, star player. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's amazing. I love him. He's got a whole bunch of skills. He costs a lot, but he doesn't have a skill that's not good. So every single one's good other than the loner. He's got grab. He's got guard. He's got block. He's just that good. For the value, he's actually worth it. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. All-time, anyway. Another interesting one from Johnny. Teams divided into tiers these days is fairly standard. Which team do you think that they always seem to get wrong, which is always in the wrong tier? I only think one, and that's Orcs, and that's only when I see Orcs in tier two. I've never seen them low as tier three or nothing like that, but when I see them tier two, I'm like, no, 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 no. They're really that good. They don't need to be ever tier two. That'd be the only team ever. Armor nine everywhere, block, a lot of strength guys. They don't need to be tier two. They're one of the best. So you just put them tier one with Wood Elves Always. and... Okay. Always, yeah. Okay, I've got some questions from the listeners. First one is Holger, who's a regular correspondent of ours. And his question is, what is deeper and murkier, the Hoover Dam Reservoir or Alan's Belly Button? I've never seen either. But I'm just going to go with the Hoover Dam because, you know, they say there's a lot of bodies in that wall. So I'm going to say the Hoover, the Hoover Dam. I can't see there being actual bodies in Alan's belly button. Uh, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe fluff and residue, but no, no actual, you know, human remains, I don't think. Yeah. We've got a question from, okay, Nibosa Trivanovic. That's my buddy, Nibosa Trivanovic. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for correcting me on that. So his question is, why are you not the top-ranked halfling player in Las Vegas? boy! What's my name? Say my name, bitch! Naboja, Naboja, Naboja Trovanovic. Because Naboja played them at a big tournament and he did really well. But ask him, who was the only person he lost to during that tournament? That would be me. Don't you mouth off to me or I'm going to slap you right in your penis. <laughs> ah, so it's just sour grapes. It's just bitterness there, I see. Yes, yes. Bob Kitchen has asked, does being a Blood Bowl legend help you to pull the showgirls or do you have to pay for hookers like us lesser mortals? I have never done either. I don't consider myself a legend at all. So Aww. none of the above. I don't buy hookers. I don't <laughs> I don't pull showgirls. I'm, I'm happily married. I'm good. Holger then follows up with, do Siegfried and Roy count as showgirls? I don't think so. They, didn't they retire? Didn't they stop after one got... I'm assuming, yeah, yeah. I think one got attacked by a tiger, didn't it? Yeah, one is... I'm not sure if it was Siegfried or Roy, but I know the other is now permanently taking care of them in their nice million-dollar mansion in a really bad part of Vegas. They were on Vegas for a very long time. I mean, there's only Penn and Teller that have been on there for many, 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 many years, but Siegfried and Roy have been there for a fair few before that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were staples here in the town. I even went to the Mirage and checked out their tigers that they had. Beautiful animal. Beautiful animal. But the one that mauled one of them, ooh, bad. It is bad. Mm, it's not good. Anyway, we have a message from Christopher Simmons, which is Jip, as he's also commonly known. <laughs> Do you know Fat Tony? I am not so much disappointed as I am blinded with rage. And even if you do know Fat Tony, are you allowed to tell us that you know Fat Tony? I would like to remind you that accidents will happen. Well, I know I have a friend that we call Fat Tony, so I don't know if it's the same one, but 
I do know of a Fat Tony here in Vegas anyway. I mean, unless there's another one. I guess he's referring to the one from The Simpsons. I guess that's the guy he's referring to. But you know Fat Tony, so, you know, the answer to the question, Jip, is yes, he does know Fat Tony. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yes. And blatantly, yes, he is allowed to tell us because he just did. So, there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I think that was all the questions we heard from listeners. So we'll start wrapping it up. Any last minute shout-outs you want to do? I guess shout-outs to all you guys, Fling Nation. Everything fun in Blood Bowl. Brian, too, and his Rocky Mountain Rampage is the upcoming one. Everybody that supports the podcast, everybody that supports Blood Bowl in general. For me, it's uh, Jack Rashuda. He does amazing neoprene pitches. I think he's actually currently working on one with the two drunk flings to make a pitch for him. Mm-hmm. Tom Anders, Impact Miniatures. He does a great thing at supporting all the tournaments. He's bailed me out on prizes on more than one occasion. I always know I'm going to forget somebody and I don't want to forget anybody because, you know, there's so many assistants of people that have helped me out over the years. You know, Jim with designs and logos. And Jim Luft, he's just a man. He is just a Blood Bowl god. He is a good chap. He's a very cool guy. Patches, you name it. You know, my Blood Bowl bag is covered with patches because of Jim and a lot of great people. So, and of course, you know, shout out to my wife for allowing me to be a geek and play my game and passion that I love the most and all the listeners. Cool. Well, it's been great to speak to you. I think... We'll be getting you either on the next episode or the episode after that. We were supposed to be getting Jim on the last episode, but we had a misunderstanding, and then he thought it was you. I mean, anyway, it doesn't matter. The thing that we've got to negotiate is time zones because Jim's five hours behind, and you are eight hours behind, I think. Yes, yeah, it's ridiculous, the time difference, yes. Because Jim is three hours different than me, so... I don't think there's going to be a point where we're going to be able to get you both on the same show unless we do another live thing like we did with Joe from Mini Modelogue. But yes, we will be getting you on either the next show or the show after that, depending on whether James comes back to do his quiz with us. Because in the first episode, we did a quiz about English slang words. So my piece of advice to you might be to brush up on English slang words before you're on the next episode, because that seems to be a popular thing to do. Oh, I know. Bum. Bum. (laughs) Bumming. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll quickly explain about this. We all got a message on the uh, Two Drunk Flings Facebook group. And it was from our good friend Mark, who we're speaking to right now. And he was astounded. Do you want to pick up from where you heard this from and how this came about? Yeah, actually, uh, believe it or not, I got it from Pete Nifton. He was at the Oklahoma weekend tournament, and uh, I was listening to their podcast wrap-up. And, you know, a girl asked him if she could bum a cigarette. And he's like, excuse me? Yeah, I'd like to bum a cigarette off. And he's like, uh, he was very confused because I guess back there in the UK, bumming is annual sex. And, he's, and out here, we, we say bumming or like, and it, even like someone asked, what did you do this weekend? I did not. I was just bumming around the house. And you know what? I guess in, in your guys' culture, that what? you're doing annual sex around the house everywhere. And to us, it's just being lazy bum just to come to the couch watching TV. But yes, that was crazy. I just died laughing when I heard that. So this message comes up on Facebook, basically asking what bumming means in the UK. Does it mean copulation through the outdoor rather than the indoor? And he could not believe the answer that we came back when we said, yeah, that's what it means. And then there was a a number of suggestions that came out. But the thing that I immediately thought is that in this country, if you want to bum a cigarette, you say, can you crash a fag? (laughs) And I have American relatives and obviously, I don't know if there's another term for crash, but fag had a completely different terminology when I came over to the States and said, oh, excuse me, mate, can I crash a fag? And I got a very strange look of the, uh, <laughs> the chat that I was asking. So, yeah, it works in several different ways. And the thing is, you can't believe that the other country has it completely the other way. <laughs> you know what that is? <laughs> That's exactly the other one. Because crash is like a car crash here, and you say fag, you have to, here it's like a gay person, you know? So, can I crash a gay person? It's, what? <laughs> what are you trying to ask here? Yeah, it, you get that look there's a certain look and you know instantly when you get this look that you've said something incorrect or your worldly wiseness was not quite as worldly wise as you thought it was you immediately have to backtrack and say well no actually what this means is excuse me i'm I'm terribly rude of me don't don't think i mean anything inappropriate please yeah that's that's crazy it's it's, you know and that's just different cultures and using different terms and slang and so forth and it's just i had to ask i had to ask when i when i was like is this really true and you guys are like yes resoundingly yes and i was dying i was like oh my goodness oh my goodness when we did the quiz with james drew came up with what would we mean if we said a powerful trump and obviously you have your president who is currently in has that particular name and in this country it means something quite amusing I, I would say a very powerful fart. 
Indeed it is. And James didn't have a clue what we were talking about. And we were like, oh, he doesn't understand why this country finds your president so funny. It's because essentially he's president flatulence. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much for your time, Mark. I hope you have the good rest of your day. It's now, what time is it where you are? Currently, I think it's almost six o'clock or it is. Oh, it's 510. Okay. It's 10 after five here. So it's almost dinner time, but I will leave you because I'm going to go enjoy the excitement that is Game of Thrones. All right. Awesome. Perfect. All right. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you much. Take care, Mark. Right, bye-bye. Good night, Bert. Uh, good night, Ernie. Mm-hmm.